Hello, everybody. Let's continue. <laughs> webcam models love me, and I love webcam models. Pornographic models love me, love me, and I love pornographic models. Those who do adult content subscription services love me, and I love those who do adult content subscription services. I love strippers, and strippers love me. I love naked butlers, and naked butlers love me. I love phone sex operators, and phone sex operators love me. Those who have sexually oriented conversations with clients and do verbal sexual roleplay love me. And I love those who have sexually oriented conversations with clients and who do verbal sexual roleplay. I love go-go dancers, and go-go dancers love me. I love erotic dancers. And erotic dancers love me. I love exotic dancers and exotic dancers love me. I love those who do neo-burlesque, American burlesque, and Victorian burlesque. And those who do neo-burlesque, American burlesque, and Victorian burlesque love me. I love twerkers and twerkers love me. I love strip teasers and strip teasers love me. I love table dancers and table dancers love me. I love erotic massagers, and erotic massagers love me. I love grind. I love grinders, and grinders love me. I love. I love those who do bumping and grinding, and those who do bumping and grinding love me. I love lap dancers, and lap dancers love me. I love pornographic film actors and actresses. And pornographic film actors and actresses love me. I love peep show performers, and peep show performers love me. I love those who do escort services, and those who do escort services love me. I love those who do the boyfriend experience and the girlfriend experience, and those who do the boyfriend experience and the girlfriend experience love me. I love sugar babies, and sugar babies love me. I love sugar dating. I love sugar daters. And sugar daters love me. I love sugar parents, and sugar parents love me. I love street prostitutes, and street prostitutes love me. I love sexual surrogates work who work with psychoanalysts to engage in sexual activities, part of therapy with their clients. And sexual surrogates, those who work with psychoanalysts to engage in sexual activities, part of therapy with their clients, love me. Um, I love indoor prostitutes, and indoor prostitutes love me. Those who do brothel work, massage parlor prostitution, bar casino prostitution, love me. And I love those who do brothel work, massage parlor prostitution, bar casino prostitution. I love call girls, and call girls love me. I love call boys, and call boys love me. I love LGBTQI plus non-binary gender queer genderless sex workers and LGBTQI plus non-binary gender queer genderless genderless sex workers love me. And this is what I want to say and need to say. Those who do emotional labor as a part of sex work, they love me. 
and I love the sex workers who do emotional labor as a part of their jobs. There's so much more that I need to disclose. Those who do commodified intimacy as a part of the sex work, they love me, I love them. Those who do sex work as part of their commodified intimacy. I love whores and whores love me. And I really want to make it deeper so y'all can understand that there's a distinction between how I grew up against my will and how I innately feel. So let's go for it. We need, there needs to be more love than the one I'm giving you. And I'm about to give y'all more love. Here we go. And I'm going to say it again. I love prostitutes and prostitutes love me. I love harlots and harlots love me. I love strumpets and strumpets love me. I love whores and whores love me. I love bawd, B-A-W-D people and bawd people love me. I love streetwalkers and streetwalkers love me. I love courtesans and courtesans love me. I love ladies of the evening and ladies of the evening love me. I love sex workers and sex workers love me. I love hookers, tarts, sluts, tramps, and B-girls, and B-girls, tramps, sluts, tarts, and hookers love me. I love the hustlers. The hustlers love me. Um, the women that society calls loose women and fallen women, those aren't bad things to me, and I'm not bad things to them, so... I love loose women, follow women, and follow women, loose women love me. There's nothing about them that's bad in my sight, and there's nothing bad about me in their sight. That is how I think of things. And... There's more I'm going to share. Yep, porn, porn entities love me, and I love porn entities. And there's really more that I want to say. Um, let's just say that... Um, Let's get back to what happened when it comes to women and my, my, myself. Um, I had to protect when women had to, quote-unquote, protect me back then. For examples, there were nephews speaking rudely and crudely against their aunties. And then there were sons being behaving the same ways toward their mothers. 
grandsons towards their grandmothers in the same ways. Um, uh, cousins doing that to their other cousins. Friends doing that to their friends. Um, brothers doing that to their sisters. These are the things I'm talking about that happened. Um, within organized crime. Basically, it was all the males doing that to all the females. So, I remember, you know, the word jumped. Jump means a group of people beating up one person. So, it would be me and aunties jumping their nephews. Grandmothers and myself jumping their grandsons. Uh, Me and the female cousins jumping their male cousins. Me and uh, me and sisters jumping their brothers. Me and the mothers jumping their sons. Um, Me and women friends jumping their male friends. Uh, Me and women casual sex buddies jumping their male casual sex buddies. Um, Me and women co-workers jumping their male co-workers. Um... And what got worse was me and female associates jumping their male associates. Me and um, female talk buddies jumping their male talk buddies. Me and female hangout buddies jumping their male hangout buddies. Me and... Women who do who do small talk jump are jump were jumping the males who did small talk with them. Um, and the reason why these jumpings occur because all these males would not only speak crudely and rudely to these women, which did occur, um, there was sexual harassment attempts. Um, There was misogynistic slurs being loudly uttered. And there was... misogynistic and sexist statements being audibly 
vocalized. And these all things happened when I was five. Um, as for the sex as a part of what happened, which led up to the adulterous affairs, I can honestly go back and to... When I say go back, I'm talking about revisiting the past as the person I am now and giving therapeutic insights on what occurred. I was never a male pig. I was, you know, I'm never a male chauvinist. I'm never a male sexist. I'm never a male misogynist. I hate female misogyny. I hate female sexism. I... I hate female chauvinism against females, you know, I, I, I just hate all around disrespectfulness towards women and girls, um, no matter who or what it comes from. So the affairs happen, and I'm not excusing anything, I'm just being honest, because truthful honesty, it, it helps me to stay extremely well balanced as a person so again i'm not advertising what i did in college i'm just stating this is one of the reasons why adultery happens just because i explain it that doesn't mean i endorse it explanation is not endorsement so the women the wives, the fiancés, the girlfriends. Um, they were all in committed monogamous relationships with one man. Um, the men tended to be um, emotionally abusive towards them. And I put that in my book. But I'll tell you things I didn't put in the book. That's why I, I, I appreciate having a podcast. Whatever I don't write down, you can hear me speak it. Um, name calling, cheating on them with a with crowds of women. Um, being absent, inattentive. There, but not being there, you know, weren't really contributing to the household. They came home whenever they wanted to, for the most part. They weren't even at home. And so these things happened. Did they ever happen in my presence? Honestly, I never saw it. I was told about it. And I could tell by their demeanor that they were telling the truth. Um, I wasn't always around this whenever it happened. I wasn't there. That is the truth. But these women were good women. And they were tired. And how we met, you know, being... In the town, you walk around, you, somebody, 
you make eye contact with a person and then I'll start talking. It was like a, a magnetic spark of some kind, you know. It was definitely innocent on our part, even though many people would easily judge it and say the selfishness, the arrogance, and all the other negative caricatures they associate with us. It was never from a standpoint of, I want to cause pain. I want to cause harm on either of our parts. It was, we had similar upbringings in childhood because they too were um, experienced hardships that most women experience. It could be being called names, you were taught, you were seen and not heard. Um, objectified and a lot of them had troubled childhoods they weren't bad people they were sweet people and it was amazing that they didn't allow um it was amazing that they were they still turned out to be sweet people despite all the traumas they went through they expressed all around trauma like i did so it was very similar So it wasn't a purposeful, let's just be negative. It was, I love the way you're treating me. And I'm like, I love the way you're treating me too. And, you know, I'm so glad we're heard when it comes to each other. We're not just seen. So there was trauma bonding. And trauma bonding is one of the causations of adultery. There is a correlation between trauma, bonding, and adultery for some people. That's not true for all adulterous affairs that happen. But for me, myself, when I was with, that was the case. And there's more that I really, um, really have to state. So what were the other causes for um, the adultery. Um, when we've been, when we face trauma triggers from our uh, past traumas, that cause, that was another causation of the adulterous affairs. It was traumatic coupling, tra- trauma stimuluses, trauma stresses, trauma reminders trigger warnings, uh, post-traumatic stress, um, acute stress reactions, hypervigilance, repressed memories, survivor guilt, and the thematic elements of trauma, and emotional dysregulation to some extent. Um, And again, acute stress reactions psychological shock, mental shock. Um, Those all played a role in the affairs we had. Um, We were two unhealed people. Um, They had some therapy, had mine, but like me, they too did not know how to verbalize all of what occurred to them. And I had the same struggle myself. So I don't judge them harshly. I know they don't judge me harshly because it wasn't one of those snap TV show type of affairs where clearly you just want to be pure evil 
just to be pure evil. No, it wasn't that. It it was it wasn't the love scoring kills show where you know. I just wanna make life a living hell for you because being sadistic is fun for me. It was never that either. It was nothing that you see on reality TV, trash TV, tabloid talk shows. None of that. None. It was, we're trying our best to heal. We don't know how. And we're feeling like we're being given what we were robbed of when it comes to each other. So the trauma took over. And it wasn't us. It wasn't us, you know, just, let's just hurt each other. It was never intentional hurt. Um, It was, we're frustrated, we don't know what to do. In terms of how to get all the help we needed, we did not know. And so a lot of times survivors are attracted to each other because we are feeling like at least we're not robbed concerning each other. And two unhealed people can't give each other all the healing that's needed. Plus, codependency, um, enabling and coddling, unfortunately, were subconscious causations of the adulterous affairs. Um, it wasn't intentional for those things to happen. It just, most, most, a lot of things about trauma are subconscious in terms of, in terms of conduct, deportment, and behavior. It wasn't like, you know, we want to ruin each other's lives. It wasn't that either. We didn't even want to ruin our own lives, but we behaved based upon what we were exposed to as children and how we didn't know how to have the proper boundaries with each other. I'm not excusing everything that happened. I'm just saying that the adulterous affairs I was having, it's atypical. It's not typical. It's not what you see in the media. It's not what you see in the report news reports it's some affairs happen because we come from broken families we're sweet people we don't want to hurt anybody we don't want to hurt ourselves we have it in us to do our best to get all the trained professional quality help that we need but again because we went through severe traumas There was the savior complex, unfortunately, and subconsciously. There was the inappropriate meaning of sensible needs. There was, and this is all subconscious and tragic at the same time. There was the parentification, infantilization, subconsciously, but it's tragic. Those are other things that occurred. Um, So not all affairs are because people want to be cruel. It's I'm trying my best to get myself all the help I need. I don't even have the conscious vocabulary 
I don't even have the conscious thoughts on how do I get all the help I need. So I'm just doing the best with what I know how when it comes to this healing from trauma reality. And we truly did not know how. Was there ever any jealousy on the part of the women when it came to myself and other women's having affairs with? No, because I wasn't the type of guy that provoked jealousy when it came to women. It was like, well, you know, Tony's a sweet person, so whatever he's doing with us, you know, we all want to share him. That's how it was. So did they know us with other women? Yeah. Does other women have fit? Yeah, but they weren't angry at me. It was like, hey, you know, I see why. I can't be mad at them. They see what I see when it comes to you. So I'm not excusing any of it, but this is what happened. Um, I wasn't able to tell all the therapists about these things because... I still had repressed memories. So what I'm sharing with you now, four years ago, the repressed memories wouldn't allow me to share. When you block out certain memories, like the rape trauma syndrome, I would say rape trauma syndrome is the biggest reason why the adulterous affairs happened with myself and women when it came to my college years. That... Rape trauma syndrome was a part of the organized crime I was supposed to grow up in. So when you grow up in um, the pure evil kind of sadistic sexuality, there's a difference between that and BDSM. Okay, there's a difference. But the one I grew up in was pure evil. So all those things led up to the affairs. And seeing sex, you know, growing up with sexual narcissism, Uh, sexual psychopathy, sexual sociopathy, sexual psychopathy. Um, Growing up with sexual performance, um, anxieties, um, And growing up with sexual perversion, sexual recklessness, sexual callousness, sexual heartlessness, and sexual compassionlessness, all of that led up to the affairs in college. Um, This is all hard for me to really share with you all. And you can tell by the way I'm speaking that it is. Um, plus I grew up in a world of the sex trafficking of children and adults, the human trafficking of children and adults. I grew up in sexual slavery, sexploitation, sexual exploitation, commercial sexual exploitation of children, um, the commercial sexual exploitation of adults, adult sexual slavery, child sexual slavery, the forced prostitution of children and adults, um, all those things happening to me directly and personally. Um, 
I grew up within the torturous and tormenting child sex tourism all that happened to me. I grew up with child pornography and child sex trafficking, adult sex trafficking, all that happened to me. And those were all how I was, how sadly they led up to the affairs. If I grew up in a healthy home with a healthy family and a healthy community, I would have never had affairs. I would have never slept with anyone that was in a committed relationship with somebody else. I would have, my adolescence would not have been sexually dangerous like it was. Um, my pre-adolescence in my childhood would not have been sexually dangerous like it was. And the affairs were sexually dangerous too, like it was. So I'm explaining all the reasons why those things occurred. Um, I'm not glorifying anything. I'm just expressing the truth that a lot of people may know, but want to hear and need to hear. I'm sharing things people want to sweep sweep on the rug, and I'm sharing things that many people don't understand about cheating. I was never a cheater. I was someone that went, went some women would cheat with. Again, I'm not boastful about anything. I'm not braggadocious about anything. Um, I'm just explaining that Yes, I grew up in a world where there was adult sexploitation, child sexploitation, all these things happening to me as a child. And do I do I know in my heart that I have healed from those things? Yes, because I would never be in those situations ever again. Um I wouldn't do it. Because even the sex itself wasn't completely enjoyable. Because it was... Because of the sexual dangers. You know, not always wearing... Not always using birth control. Sometimes the sex was... Unprotected sex and bareback sex. Sometimes that happened... As a teenager... For me, as a pre-adolescent, for me as a child, for me, and as a college man at the time, that happened to me too. Sometimes I used protection in those parts of my life and other times I did not. Were there pregnancy scares? Yes. Was I grateful that all the pregnancy tests turned out to be negative? Yes. And in my adolescence, I was a victim of statutory rape by women. So that gives even more understanding of why the affairs happened when it came to my life. And I want to be honest about the fact that um, I grew up in a world of all around compound trauma. So one of the compound traumas I grew up in was sexual compound trauma. All these sexually awful things occurring to me all at once in one setting simultaneously. 
So I'm able to really understand these things um, in terms of what happened. And now I'm going to be in extremely sexually healthy situations. I I teach uh, most of the sexual wisdom I've received in life was self-taught and self-brought on. For example, I pick and choose my partners wisely on camera and off camera. Um, I get to know people before I suck and fuck them. And people get to know me before they suck and fuck me. And I'm putting, I had to put in a colorful way because sometimes truth is best said profane. Sometimes the loving truth is best said profane. And sometimes the hard truths are best said profane too. Um, So I'm just helping people understand that, you know, I've healed. I have, this is how I treat women, right? And usually, I'm not the type that quotes the Bible a lot. Um, Usually when I talk, I don't quote the Bible. But what I can say is that there are certain parts of the Bible that do speak to me. Um, And let me give you all... An example of that. Um, and no, and nothing that I'm about to say is misogynistic. Um, I'm not going to quote all of it, but I'm going to quote the parts that are relevant to me. So, in the first, in the in the first book of Timothy, chapter five, First Timothy, verse five, let me read how I treat women. Now, I treat all older women as mothers, even if they're not my biological mother, and it's like giving an older woman motherly love, even if y'all not kin or family. It's it's up that pathway. So I treat older women as mothers and I treat younger women as sisters. Um, I treat younger men as brothers. I treat older men as fathers. So I have proper attitudes toward women and girls by treating them as family members. Therefore, I avoid improper attitudes toward women and girls. By not treating them as strangers. Um, I, ha- I have proper attitude towards men and boys by treating them as family members. Therefore, I avoid improper um, attitudes towards men and boys by not treating them as strangers. And it gets better because we're not going to be heteronormative here. 
I treat the LGBTQI plus non-binary gender queer uh, genderless community as family members. That's why I have proper attitudes towards them. And I avoid improper attitudes towards the LGBTQI plus non-binary gender queer genderless community by not treating them as strangers. So I treat, so to be even more um, gender and sexual diversity embracing, I treat all older people as parents and I treat all younger people as siblings. For the most part. Now, there are sexual relationships, sexual partnerships that are part of my life. So once I figure out that that's what we have, that's how we feel about each other, and we're all quality, we're all high quality hearted people, I will, I still express exceedingly high degrees of reverence. It's just that the eroticism and the sensuality are the icings of the on the cake. It's not incestuous at all. It's not criminalistic at all. It's not perverted at all. You can still treat someone, even yourself and other people, with massive respect. It's just that, oh, the biology is just the extra in terms of the attractiveness part, right? So, there's a difference. When I say I treat older people as parents and younger people as siblings... I treat most people that way. There are some that are my sexual partners. And we do have a sexual attraction there. I treat them well. It's just that the horniness is the the addition to it, right? So I want to make sure people understand I'm not being disgusting or gross at all. Um, I feel I feel like that has helped me to heal. And no, I don't have any daddy issues. I've resolved them. I don't have any Mommy issues, I resolved them all. Like, yes, two of the other reasons why the adulterous affairs happen, mommy issues and daddy issues. I admit it. That's what occurred. Um, So, me treating people as family, I have a chosen family and and all of our relationships with each other, the family ones, are, are extremely healthy and appropriate and legal. Um, so 
that has helped me to really um, even have proper attitudes towards sex and sexuality, which I have taught myself. Um, I do honor sexual privacy, sexual confidentiality on camera and off camera. And um, that's what helps me out. Um, am I the type of person that goes to that would go to ethical brothels and ethical gay houses and go to ethical uh, drinking establishments? Yeah. As long as it's safe and um, law-abiding and um, orderly and peaceful, I don't see why not attend. Um, Again, I've said this in the past. Would I ever pay for sex? Extremely, very rarely. And the friends that I have as sex workers, we would have a special arrangement where it would be free. If every now and then they wanted some money, it the dis it would be frugal discounts where I would it wouldn't be expensive for me. That would be very rare. Most of my sex is free. Very, uh, very few is actually paid, you know. Um, and when it comes to my on screen life, I don't desire to be full time um, as a performer um, in terms of porn. I desire to do it whenever I feel like doing it, which would be here and there. It would be, it would be, I would be in the middle between part-time and full-time. It's more like whenever Antonio feels like doing it. Um, and I have other interests, so go figure. You can have other interests and do full-time or part-time. It's just that I don't have a strong desire to do it all the time and personally for myself um i would not want to sign an exclusive contract with any one porn entity it's like i want to work with whoever i damn well please i want to work with all the ethical people of the porn world all the people in favor of ethical practices in porn i want to work with all of them You know, I want to be able to work with all porn companies that, and all of them are ethical, whether they're ethical porn or mainstream porn ethical practice, I want to work with all of them. And I feel like I want to diversify my economic portfolio in that way. So, how I am sexually has nothing to do with the sexual sicknesses of the childhood past. has everything to do with I'm innately who I am. So many people would say, are you saying that you're, they would ask, by saying it, they're asking it, are you saying that you being pansexual and and queer and pangender and genderqueer and all the other sexual orientations and it's the fluidities of your gender sexuality and all the other sexual orientations and gender identities that you said in previous episodes. Are you saying that none of them was influenced by your trauma? I would say that's correct. I was already those things 
way before the traumas and the traumatizers intruded themselves against my will. All things me are not influenced by the trauma nor the traumatizers. All things me were already set in stone before the traumas and the traumatizers forced themselves upon me without my enthusiastic consent. That goes for my non-monogamy, all the other truths about me that I've stated in previous episodes. Including my views on religion. I mean, I was already, um, I must admit, was there religious trauma that was first brought to me by the first thrown at me by those who hurt me? Yeah. So I would say that I was already not a religious person before the trauma. I was already not, um, a super pious person before the traumas. The traumatizers did not make me anything. So, I would say to some extent that the religion hurts I have, and I didn't ask for them, did happen because of the trauma. But my being a person who practices no religion, that was already in place before I was harmed by the harmers. So there's a diff- there's a distinction between the religious struggles that the traumas and traumatizers first brought my way, heaped it on me, but I was already um, non-religious before I was even abused by the abusers. So now you're seeing the distinction, the discernment. Um, I can honestly say that organized crime has its own sex scandals. It has its own sex abuse scandals, too. And I explained what they are yesterday and the day before that in other episodes. And here's more that I really, really, really want to give to you all. In organized crime, I saw intimate partner violence being done by women to men and by men to women. Domestic violence, I saw women doing that to men and men doing that to women. I saw women cheat on men and men cheat on women. I saw paternity tests being negative and positive when it came to certain people. So the Maury show was a part of organized crime in terms of the behaviors. The Jerry Springer show, everything you've seen in Maury and Jerry Springer happened in organized crime. It's just worse because there were weapons involved. Um,
Also, what I've noticed... People taking each other to court. So what you see in Judge Judy, Judge Mathis, Judge Hatcher, Judge Maybelline, those type of shows. I saw that happen in organized crime all the time. People were quick to sue each other, press charges, civil and criminal prosecutions, successful prosecutions, hung juries, uh, mistrials, um, people paying off the jury. Um, and I saw... Guilty verdicts, not guilty verdicts. Went to jail as soon as the verdict was rendered. That's all that type of stuff. Um, In organized crime, that stuff is real. And, um... In organized crime, all of the mental disorders that you can think of... I, w- I experienced them all in organized crime. All of the personality disorders, all the mood disorders, all the social disorders, all the sexual disorders, all the emotional disorders, all the physical disorders, all the intellectual disorders that you can think of, I experienced them all in organized crime. I saw nervous breakdowns in organized crime, too. So everything that is talked about regarding psychiatric institutions, I experience all those experiences in the world of organized crime. Um, I'm not stigma. I'm not calling people mental illness evil. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm being honest about how I grew up, and um, and I'm not harshly judging those in affairs. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just talking about what happened to me and people like me. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention um, from my heart. um, Is that I take all these things very seriously. By being so forthcoming and straightforward. About the fact that. I did sell drugs and run numbers on K Street Southwest. Even Northwest, K Street Northwest, too. Tomorrow I'm going to do my last episode talking about sex, organized crime, and religion. This weekend I'm getting it all out. And as I close, I want to say that... um, I'm honored to have shared with you about the fact that movies like New Jack City, Boys in the Hood, American Gangster, shows like The Wire, even Sopranos, I can't watch them because I refuse to entertain the reliving of the demonic parts of my childhood.
lot of organized crime. There is pedophilia, echolophilia, mascalagnia, retrophilia, mazophilia, pygophilia, nasophilia, trichophilia, alvinophilia, alvinolagnia, chirophilia, chirophilia, erosophilia, bucalagnia, aragonophilia. Meaning, there's foot fetishes, eye fetishes, armpit fetishes, backslash dorsum fetishes, breast fetishes, buttocks fetishes, nose fetishes, hair fetishes, navel slash belly button fetishes, belly slash stomach fetishes, hand fetishes, leg fetishes, lip fetishes, cheek fetishes, and dimple fetishes. Um, let me explain this. All those things are bad when it comes to organized crime. However, outside of organized crime, when it's, when people are seen and treated humanely, all these fetishes, such as pedophilia, foot fetish, are good. Echolophilia, eye fetish, good. Mascalagnia, armpit fetish, good. Retrophilia, backslash dorsum fetish, good. Massophilia, breast fetish is good. Pygophilia, buttocks fetishes is good. Nasophilia, nose fetish is good. Trichophilia, hair fetish is good. Alvinophilia, navel slash belly button fetish are good. Alvinolagnia, belly slash stomach fetishes are good. Chirophilia, hand fetish are good. Chirophilia, leg fetish are good. Irisophilia, lip fetish are good. Bucalagnia, cheek fetish are good, and aerogenophilia, dimple fetish are good.